You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Welcome to the Ducks Unlimited podcast, the only podcast about all things waterfowl. From hunting insights to science-based discussions about ducks, geese, and issues affecting waterfowl and wetlands conservation in North America. We bring the resource to you, the DU Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to another great edition of the DU Podcast. My name is John Gordon. I'll be your host. I'm a senior communications specialist here at Ducks Unlimited. And one of my jobs is production coordinator of Ducks Unlimited TV. And this is another special episode of the podcast where we celebrate 25 years of Ducks Unlimited Television, the longest-running waterfowling show in outdoor TV history. And joining me today are the guys that really make it happen uh, behind the scenes. It's uh, Richie Davenport. Hey, guys. Over here. And to my left and to my right, Guy Shepard. Yes, sir. And uh, they both work for uh, Moose Media, which is, guys, what, what does that mean, Moose? Mossy Oak Outdoor Sports and Entertainment. There you go. There you go. So, and... We've been, uh, Moose Media has been the uh, production team for DUTV since 2013 was the first filming season, and uh, Richie was there for all of that, and then Guy came along a couple of years later. So we're going to talk about some of, uh, some of the adventures they've had along the way, and, and, and a little a bit of uh, behind the curtain, so to speak, of what it takes to produce a waterfowl hunting TV show, which is... I can tell you from experience as well, it's not an easy thing to do by any means. It, it's really a difficult deal. Um, no fences in the sky, right? So uh, those ducks and geese are pretty much free to do what they want. And it's tough sometimes to, to get them to do what you want. So anyway, uh, Richie, I'm going to start with you since All you right. were around in, in the early days mm-hmm. of, of, of Moose's part in DUTV. Uh, tell us about that whole process and you know how it came to be that that, that y'all started producing the show. Well, uh, you know, I was more kind of behind. I, that was more to you know, Greg Tinsley, Dennis Presley, those guys kind of uh, meeting with uh, Ducks Unlimited uh, and working that deal out. But, uh, um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, that discussion lasted a while and then it kind of it happened just like that, you know. And uh, so right there before, you know, duck season, and we had to kind of really get the ball rolling and uh, really quick. I got you. I got you. So – Tell us about, you know, I know, you know, had you had prior experience with, with so waterfowl I, yeah, TV? I had had very little actually with waterfowl. I had um, a good amount of experience in the outdoors realm, deer hunting, turkey hunting, things of that nature. But uh, waterfowl, very limited. So coming in, you know, granted, like I said, we kind of, you know, I think they signed the deal. And then like two weeks later, we were down in Louisiana filming, you know, till season. And it was all systems go. You know, I was... You know, there's some gear we were pulling out of boxes there at, down at Honey Break, you know, kind of, all right, let's see what happens. And, and you know, and I don't know if I should say it, but they say, you know, fake it till you make it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I heard through the grapevine there was, something, there was, some, there was some boat sinking going on uh, in the early shows. 
Yeah. And so as as you say, yeah, you know, so it's the very first you know, uh, you know, trip. We went down to Honey Break down in Louisiana, uh, and you know, meeting the DU guys for the first time and kind of really kind of getting uh, you know, to know each other there on production wise. And it's so it's opening morning of the season and we are going to Catahoula Lake. So, you know, public and right we're at the boat ramp. And there is, you know, traffic galore at the boat ramp, and we're in line there, and we're going out on an airboat. And, you know, working, everything's working good. They're backing the airboat down, and they drop it a little too soon, and it drops on the boat ramp. They pull the trailer out from underneath it on the boat ramp, and so it's sitting there. It's out of the water. It's totally out of the water. And, you know, so, you know, it's, you know, 4.30 in the morning, and it's just, after that, it's just chaos. And just... You know, we got the boat ramp blocked, and it's, you know, all these guys open in the morning, you know, trying to get around us. And the one saving grace in that, it was a double ramp. And if uh, if it wasn't for the double ramp, we we really might not have made it out of there. But, you know, you know, we finally, I think we, we actually did. We got to uh, about an hour or so. We got, you know, back on trailer and got another boat and went out there and scratched out a few ducks. And... And then so we kind of, you know, worked through that. And then literally the next trip, we went there straight there from Louisiana to North Dakota. Uh, no, sorry, Utah. Went to Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so flew from Louisiana, got into Salt Lake City that night. That next morning, we're, we haven't seen this place we're going. We're in the dark, and we got a boatload of guys. And all of a sudden, someone says, we're going down. <laughs> Flashbacks like, already, yeah. What, what, and you know, and then yeah, the boat is just we're in this little John boat, you know, 12 footer, and it we, uh, you know, we had like three guys, three or four guys, and dogs and gear, and you know, you know, duck gear and camera gear, and it just we start going down, and we're just like have no idea how deep we are. We're in this, you know, just this pothole there and out outside of Salt Lake City, and thankfully, it was just at. You know, right there at chest level, right there before we went over to waders. And we stepped out. One of the guys, he actually tripped coming out and went, took a total plunge. And, you know, some of the camera gear got wet and dunked, but, you know, majority of it made it. And but the, the, the <laughs> what's worse about that is, so I made it out of that whole deal, you know, going down in the boat, not getting wet. And then I'm walking and I'm trudging back to shore. And then I trip trudging the shore like in two inches of water. And then, and I, I fall face first, I'm right there on my face, and then I just get, you know, drenched, and it's just, I, you know, like I said, that's how the two first trips there of DU started, and and literally, and I would go from there, we go to North Dakota, and that's with Wade Bourne, and we get there the night of, and we're getting all set up, we're gonna go hunt on Devil's Lake, and Wade calls the guy, his buddy, who we're gonna go hunt with, and he's like, hey man, we're we're here, we're gonna go hunt in the morning, everything good, and he's like, huh? <laughs> it comes out the guy, his buddy thought we were hunting the next year. And so we get to North Dakota and we have nowhere that night and we have nowhere to go. But, you know, Wade Bourne, the, the legend that he is, you know, knew, had an old military buddy like down the road. And we went hunting with him and his, you know, family for like three days. And we were able to scratch out, you know, some ducks and, uh, you know, some potholes up there in North Dakota. So. It's just, yeah, it was, you know, the first, you know, first few trips there was just, I don't know, maybe a little chaotic and just trying to, you know, just dealing with all that. But uh, it's been an experience for sure. 
so so you're wondering what did I get myself into at this point? <laughs> the first few episodes that that's pretty crazy that you get to a location and they think it's the next year that you're filming, and yeah. uh, you're and the, and the host is totally unprepared. Uh, thankfully, we haven't run into that. A guy and I haven't run into that yet. Uh, that could happen though. But uh, guy, uh, so you came on uh, 2016, right in that time frame. Yes, I think 2016, 2017, somewhere. So, in there. so give us a little of your background. Uh, I know you're from Texas and, and living in Georgia now. But uh, how'd you get started in, in videography? Um, I went to uh, got a passion for it in high school. Um, then kind of carried that on through college. Went to University of North Texas and got a, a Bachelor of Arts and film, you know, radio, television, film, and uh, just kind of had a a friend of a friend that filmed for a guy named Colorado Buck that um, had an outdoor show, and I started freelancing for him for several years, and then um, we kind of, through the Lord, ended up in Georgia and uh, had a friend of my wife's, you know, kind of reach out seeing that we had moved to Georgia and we saw that he worked for this company called Moose Media in the video production department. And so uh, we were like, hey, do you need any help? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so uh, I kind of got into that. But yeah, I mean, hunted, hunted fish, you know, whole life growing up, whitetail deer, you know, dove, quail, being in Texas, um, didn't do a whole lot of waterfowling. That just wasn't a huge part of our culture. Um, but I uh, have grown such a passion for it. I think it's an incredible sport and pursuit um, and, you know, just a, a very complex animal uh, just to hunt and pursue. And then you add on top of that, trying to film it is uh, is. Yeah. It's challenging and it's a lot of fun. It, it seems like almost you you pull a camera out on a hunt, you know, and then they disappear kind of sometimes. And yeah. it's just so. Let's talk about that a little bit from both of y'all. And I know both of you have, have filmed, you know, waterfowl, uh, working decoys, coming in on hunts, not coming in on hunts, being in the wrong position, things like that. Uh, Richie, tell us a little about that as far as the challenges of not only having the birds, you know, in the right location, but having the hunters shoot them at the right times. People don't really realize that it all looks like seamless when you're, when you're watching a show, but there's a lot behind it. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, we run with, uh, usually running with two guys, two camera guys, a guy in the blind and then a guy out in the, in the marsh there behind the blind getting just strictly, uh, bird footage. And, uh, yeah, you know, getting them on camera, getting them coming in back, you know, backpedaling, get them in focus, you know, depending on their shooting light, their shooting time and their shooting light, you know. So sometimes, especially sometimes with hunters, you know, trying to get them to hold off, you know, I know it's shooting time, but if you can wait them to, you know, five minutes, you know, for camera light, and, you know, that, that can be, sometimes that can be a little difficult. I've watched well. some people come unglued. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when mallards are backpedaling in the decoys <laughs> and we're going, wait, 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 no, 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 not yet, not yet. Yeah. And they just want to, Smack me with the <laughs> stock of their gun, but yeah. And and I tell you, uh, something that's really helped capture waterfowl days is is the downsizing of equipment. And I know in the early days, and I talked to this about before when I I, I would talk to uh, Jared Brown and Mark Pierce is that back in those days, you just the equipment was huge. You know, you had a camera the size of three cinder blocks you're trying to haul around, and it was extremely heavy. And so yep. those things have really downsized since then. And, and you know. 
DSLR cameras are really used in, in a lot of ways, especially inside the blinds and everything. Mm -hmm. So when people, it's really gotten easier to film, but still you have the same challenges of the birds need to be in the right location in the right light and all. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You could have a thousand birds flying over you, but if they're not finishing where you need them, it doesn't matter. Exactly. So that, you know, that's a huge part of it as well that I don't think a lot of folks just don't realize it. You know, like I said, they've seen a thousand, you know, DVDs and TV shows now that just look so cool, the birds there, but they don't realize what it took to get there. Yeah. Anyway, so I, when I came on in 2018, it, this was, uh, I came on, it, it, I have to pinch myself sometimes because I was such a DUTV fan to begin with. Um, and I had seen a lot of the episodes over all the years. And uh, when I worked at Avery Outdoors, I'd worked with Mike Checkett actually on, uh, you know, some of their stuff because Avery was a sponsor of the show. But I never realized, you know, thought that I'd be the guy, you know, pulling the uh, string, so to speak, for the show. And um, so I, I've had a lot of fun, you know, putting it all together and, and really coordinating everybody and, and the, the hosts and the people involved on the shows and everything like that. And, you know, I know y'all have some of your, your favorite episodes as well. I, I just, a couple I want to touch on. Um, and I want to say, I don't think either one of you are involved in this, but Shondi and Ashley in Utah with the, with the teal and all that, uh, that was a very cool episode. It's pretty rare that you get to see flocks of green wings numbering in the hundreds, uh, like that uh, can y'all think of some episodes in your past that would really stand out yeah i mean i, I remember editing that episode of with shondi and and ashley and it was it, it was fun to watch their bond as a as two women in the outdoors grow um you know same thing meeting on a meeting on a boat dock essentially you know and uh to watch them grow in both of their passions for the outdoors was was really cool and then i got to go i think it was the following year uh we went to idaho same thing it was ashley and shondi um and we hunted in idaho and had a great hunt and it was so fun to see you know it, we got a lot of kind of more behind the scenes type of stuff, just them joking around, you know, just them being themselves. And, and I think that's, um, something that's really unique and cool about DUTV is, is delving into people's characters and, and finding the story through people. And it's not just, just hunting, but it's about conservation. It's about people, um, which takes me kind of to probably one of my more favorite filming adventures that I've been on, uh, for DUTV was, um, a guy in Louisiana named Cal Kingsmill. He was, um, a Vietnam veteran and he was a, a decoy carver and, um, hand carved all the decoys and he didn't really use any power tools or anything. I think he kind of used a bandsaw to rough out the, the main block, but then everything after that was hatchets and knives and, you know, everything. And he hand painted stuff and it was really neat to, their family had a, a big rig wrecking service and you kind of walk into this big warehouse shop and you just see these huge trucks and, you know, parts and, you know, large, um, uh, large stuff going on. And then, and then you kind of go into the corner and the, in the corner of this big shop is this little kind of artistic haven, you know, all of his stuff is, you know, his blocks and his wood and all that stuff is strewn out everywhere and his tools and knives. And, uh, you know, on the table, he had sketched, you know, heads of ducks that he wanted to do and things like that. And it was just, uh, it, it was a stark contrast bec between this like kind of greasy industrial thing and this like artistic studio and it existed in this one, you know, person. And, uh, you know, he had this old letter, 
from World War II, I believe, that was riding home. I think he was in France, and he wrote home, and he was talking about how his birthday was coming up. And, like, the only thing he wanted was, you know, a couple dozen decoys so that they could, you know, go hunting together whenever he got home from the war. And um, he unfortunately was killed in action, I think, like, a week or two after he wrote that letter. But he pulled it out, and we read it, and we kind of did some, you know, treatment with that in the edit to, to you know, shine a light on that. And I, I, I think his character, his personality, he, he just wanted to do things kind of the old school way. We, we put like a little, uh, a little canoe on the main boat and drove it out to the marsh because, you know, he wanted to put out his decoys out of like wicker baskets, mm-hmm. his hand carved decoys, paddle them out and put them out that way. It was just like a really neat way to see kind of, you know, be almost put back in time to the way that, um, you know, it was, you know, years ago. And there's such a deep waterfowling history in Louisiana, and there's, there's a lot of those guys who really cling to it down there. You he, know, they really was, want to do it the old way. He lived in New Orleans. He paddled him and his wife out of uh, New Orleans when Hurricane Katrina hit. I mean, this guy was like lives and breathes New Orleans and Louisiana, and it was it was a really cool story. Yeah, I, I remember that episode very well, and it uh, – it just really showed you, like you said, the, the real passion that that guy has for waterfowling and the traditions, and and it's just you know it's what it's all about. It, Richie, we were talking about Wade earlier, Wade Bourne, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and nobody that I ever have talked to, and I and I talked to Wade before he passed. Everyone has the same story that Wade was such an incredible guy, and he was he was, he was. He was a real elder statesman of the outdoors, and mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. How did how did you were your interactions with Wade really shape your ability to put together a good show and really tell a story? Wade was you know as as I stated earlier I hadn't, hadn't shot much waterfowl and uh, and so you know coming in with, and with Wade being one of the hosts that year and for a few years it, he really was a mentor in that fact of you know helping me out and you know he was so easy to work with and like hey hey wait that was great can we shoot this again though but hey let's do you know he was more willing to do anything and uh you know yeah there were some great uh, you know times with him just he could really interact with you know anybody i remember seeing we were in again it was in north dakota i believe it was and we were just in this uh you know just run down this uh, coffee shop trying to get some lunch real quick and just somebody comes up to him, you know, dad of the blue, hey, you're Wade Bourne. And Wade just sat there and talked to him for 15 minutes and just, you know, and that's just the kind of, you know, guy he was and just uh, very humble. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. And just a great guy. Now, I do have, I guess, you know, there are a few stories here of Wade, but on one of our adventures, um, I think I'm trying to, I was trying to remember exactly where it was. I can't. Uh, it might have been Colorado, Idaho. I can't, can't remember, but we were on a hunt. We were on a GUTV trip. Um, it was with me, Wade Bourne, and another cameraman of ours, uh, Josh Pressner. 
And we were, on a lot of these trips, we, we go to some of the DU banquets. They'll have them, and we'll go and film them and things of that nature and, and just interact with people, interview people. And, um, and so, well, <laughs> so we, a lot of times on these trips, we'll just rent like a van, like a minivan, because it's like cost effective, and we can cram a lot of stuff in there. So, I mean, I know it's not the coolest thing, but, but, so. We've taken some minivans yeah, and some yeah, questionable yeah, places yeah, yeah, before. Yeah, we definitely take, Driven you know, them through some fields. Yeah, and, yeah. And so. So we're in this minivan, right? And so um, this uh, this banquet's at is at a barn in the middle of a cornfield, this cut cornfield. And so the parking lot is a cut cornfield. It's literally what it is. And everybody's, you know, all the all the duck hunters out there, out there in their trucks and things of that nature. We'll pull up in our in minivan, right? And so you know, I didn't realize it, but there's um, irrigation lines all over the place in this cornfield. That, you know, all these vehicles have, you know, trucks have driven over, but I didn't realize that. And so, anyway, I drive over it in the minivan, and all of a sudden, <laughs> just like like eight feet of water is just shooting out of the ground. I'm like, what in the world is this? What is going on? Right in the middle of this cornfield and this parking lot of people and everything. Well, the water is flowing into the banquet, into the barn. Right there, right? And so it ends up, you know, it, it's about an hour. They can't get the water off, and there's about two, three inches of water in the whole facility. And there's, you know, everybody's running around getting, trying to get chairs up and getting, you know, some of the, the giveaway prizes and stuff like that away, getting them off the floor so they can get wet. And so Wade jumps out of the van and goes inside, and then I go and park, and me and Josh are like, what are we doing here, man? And I'm like, All right, well, let's go in and see what we can do, try to figure this out. And I walk in the door, and Wade's there with, like, four people in there. And he's pointing at me. There he is right there. That's the guy. <laughs> and I'm just like, I just like, I don't know what to do there. My face, I just like so embarrassed. I'm like, wait, what are you doing? And he's just, he's just, you know, just, just having a great time. Just, in, in, just, in, uh, you know. <laughs> so anyway, that was just, you know, one of the experiences. It was fun. It was great. Uh, you know, and, and, and even the volunteers there, they just, you know, adapted to it. They're like, well, we're duck hunters, so a little water's not going to hurt anybody. And they just, you know, just rolled their pants up, and they just, you know, the whole went through the whole deal. Man, that, that, that's an awesome story. And, you know, I'm talking to Mark and Jared and before, too, about, about Wade, they said Wade really preferred to hunt on public land if he could. And that presents its own challenges. You were talking about yep. being on a boat ramp at 4.30 in the morning. you got to get out there before everybody else does. It's not a private spot where you just roll yes. in there when you want to. Uh so he was a real champion of the public land scene, and and it's just you know, and I try to do some things on public land, and it, it but it's just like I said, it's challenging, you know. It, it just really, it it's tough to do it uh, on that. But uh, uh, anyway, um, you were talking about Josh earlier, and I, and, I, and I was on a couple of uh, locations with Josh. There, there's there's some characters behind that scene as well of the guys that y'all have had, you know, work with y'all. On location, there's one I think of in particular that guys worked with a lot, and you have two is, is Austin Brown and uh, <laughs> old uh-huh. AB, uh-huh. and uh, he, you know, it, it, for folks in in the audience, Austin is uh, an Arkansas guy, and man, he's a mallard hunter. Okay, so every time we go on location, all of these places, he's talking about, man, we we need to be back on the White River, you know, shooting mallards, back and, to the promised land, <laughs> back to the promised, promised land. land. And uh, he he's a real character. I mean, there's some other guys y'all have worked with over the years that kind of stand out that really are are some cool guys. Yeah, I mean, I've I've worked a lot with Austin and Richie. Um, Josh is is one. He's kind of from the the Midwest. I think he's from Wisconsin. Um, he, great guy. And you know, um, we started working with Ed Wall, who's a, an incredible wildlife photographer. Um, and and it's been fun to meet 
other people that have been passionate about telling stories, um, duck hunting, and you know wildlife photography, videography, stuff like that. So yeah, there's been some some good guys. Austin is is a top one because I, I think when you're on the road with someone for an extended period of time, you know, four or five days a piece, and then you kind of a lot of the time our schedule is like you know we're gone five days, we're home for four or five days and then we're gone for another five days and it's kind of back and forth, back and forth. Sometimes they're double up trips where you kind of go one place to another. So when you're on a, on the road with someone, you're sitting in a car because oftentimes, you know, we fly into somewhere and then we got a three or four hour drive from the airport to wherever we're going to hunt. And then hotel rooms, all that, you know, you get to know someone well, you get to you find mm-hmm. out their quirks, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and, and it's, it's a, it's a fun thing to be around. Austin is a, a great personality. He's a, he loves Arkansas and uh, loves mallards. He's a, he's one of those guys. He 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 tricks you in that he's quiet. He's deceiving, but they've been behind the camera though. Uh, uh, <laughs> he'll, he'll let it he'll let it go. And I mean, there's been other guys. I remember you know like way back in the day, Cody Worley. Oh yeah, uh, Cody. Oh, Cody. Hey, Cody. And you know, there's the you know some of the you know. Dealing with just the you know tra- transition uh, transportation of getting to places you know going through Canada going through uh, you know customs and things of that nature and and Cody would always for whatever reason get stopped by customs <laughs> he's always yeah you know, every single time and, and he'd be we would have to wait on him for a few hours while he gets interrogated by customs yep but you know some of that was customs maybe he got flagged or something for one reason or another and. You know, just dealing with issues. I mean, you got you got uh, snagged and yeah. customs one time and had yeah. to like jump the border several to get back. several times. I mean, this was back going back to like one of the first times I went with Colorado Buck. This would have been like twenty twelve or something like that. Um, we were going up to do, um, I think it was a moose hunt up in Calgary, and flying in and like I mean, I'm twenty one years old, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you know, kind of fresh in, into this you know, travel outside the country, never traveled outside the country beside that. And I've got all this camera gear and I'm kind of bright eyed and bushy tailed. And, you know, next thing I know, this customs guy's like, what's all that equipment? And I was like, well, you know, we're here doing this. And he started, you know, asking me general questions about who I was with and what I was doing. I was like, man, I like, I'm just trying to make a TV show. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, you know, I didn't realize what all it really took and we've we've ironed that out a lot you know as far as getting to and from there and but it's a i mean the logistics of doing what we what we do is difficult to get mm-hmm. not only people you know we i live in georgia austin lives in arkansas then we got hosts that you know fred zinks in ohio uh doug larson's in pa and you know i mean we're often just like coming from almost all over the map on sorry on a place and, uh, you know, meeting in a spot. And it takes a lot to not only just get there, get the location secured, get the, all that stuff. And then to, you know, like we said, to try to get the ducks to work on top of that, it's a, it's a, it's a challenge, but it's fun. You know, it's very true. And folks, people don't realize, like I said, you you can fly into a location, then you've got a journey trying to get out yes. to these places. Yeah. They're so remote in a lot of cases, especially in a place like Canada. Yeah. Yeah. You've always got to have a drive at least two, three hours to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
another we're a North American organization at DU, and one thing I, I really would like to get back to Mexico at some point, but it's been it's just been hard to do because it's just that that countries uh, can be a little. Uh, scary at times these days. So, it, mm-hmm. did you ever go down there, Richie, and film? No, show? I haven't had the pleasure of uh, with DUTV going down south of the border. Um, you know, I, we've tried, you know, to work that. As you said, we've tried to do that a few times. It just hasn't panned out yet. Uh, it definitely would be uh, uh, a cool adventure. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I've seen some some video um, in that kind of Yucatan Peninsula and stuff like that with the teal, blue wing teal. And I mean, it's just an incredible location. And yeah, I hope to get there one day. Well, hopefully I can make that happen at some point. <laughs> I, I've tried in the past and it's just, it's, yeah, it, it, there's some, the issues that are not anything you deal with in, in either Canada or the U.S. So we'll hopefully can make that happen. Um, we, uh, you know, this 25th anniversary of DU TV season coming up, um, talk about that a little bit i i'm really excited about it i think we had some incredible shows that we filmed and you guys would know better than i was you were there for most of it um guy from this past season i mean what is some some you know anything that stands out to you of of anything you were involved with i you know i'm not just saying this because you know we're sitting in the du podcast studio right now but i had a great time in denver um with the campus waterfowl Derek christians and um, the the guys uh, Colin Mullins and uh, Michael that we hunted with down there um, to see their passion for getting the next generation involved, even though they're freshly out of college, you know they're starting their careers, but they were really passionate about getting the next generation involved. Um, and then their understanding of the power of the DU family was incredible. You know um, the the. DU Denver Gala, which you filmed before, I yeah, think several yeah, years did. ago. Yeah, yeah, we did. Um, is one of the top banquets every year. And, you know, that was my first time to go going to that banquet. Um, but you're you're standing next to guys that have some swing, you know, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and those young guys understand that and they understand the power that, you know, presenting yourself as a college student or or you know, freshly out of college, um, presenting yourself uh, in a professional manner, networking, all that through third term, through, um, you know, they're, they transitioning from DU varsity, DU university, and now on into, you know, their careers and, and full DU regular old membership. Um, they understand the power of that. And um, I think that those guys have a bright future. And it was really cool to, be with them because kind of the story was we're going to, you know, we're kind of going back to Colin and Michael's old stomping grounds when they were, you know, growing up on the front range um, in that area, knocking on doors, you know, figuring out how to waterfowl as a young kid, kind of not being under the wing necessarily of your dad, your uncle, your, you know, cousin, your friend or whatever, just kind of them learning to, to step out on their own. And uh, we hunted some of their old um, connections there and uh, had three, I mean, great hunts, you know, one of them was a little slow. It seems like every time we go on a trip, even if we do really, really good, you know, we'll have two real good days and one kind of a little bit Mm -hmm. softer day. It's, I mean, it is so hard to put three hunts, um, together in a row. Um, 
that are strong each time. Now we've had it before; it happens uh, a lot, but it's it's a little more rare. Generally, it's two real good hunts and one a little bit softer hunt. And uh, but they put us on you know three three good hunts and you know just meeting their network of guys and young guys and and uh, meeting Derek and all that they've got going on with the campus waterfowl on that tour. It was just. It was eye-opening. It was cool to see what um, Campus Waterfowl has built over the years and, and being wrapped in with DU now in such a an integral way. Um, it, it was cool. And, and that's another point I like to bring up. When you're, you, you're the best laid plans of, of mice and men sometimes, right? That show came about because we couldn't get into Canada. Yep. You know, and, and where we wanted to go, we're trying to go to, to, Prince, go, Island, to, go to right? Prince Edward yep. Island, which mm-hmm. hopefully I'm gonna cross my fingers happens uh, this yeah. this fall. Thanks but, COVID. Yeah, COVID. Thanks to COVID, so we couldn't get there. So I was scrambling trying to find some ideas, and I talked to our youth and ed uh, coordinator Mark Horvitz about Mark. it. Oh, Mark, who's been on the show uh, several times, and he's like, "Man, I tell you about these guys in Colorado." And that's just how it all happens sometimes. Yeah. It just comes together, and you put it together on the fly, and next thing you know, it, it it's it's a great episode. So, it it behind the scenes of it, there's a lot that goes into this stuff, especially these shows that are really good. And you were talking about having the three days that are strong, and you know, it's, it's very tough to do. You're happy to hit one. You yeah, know, a lot of sometimes, times yeah. you get one. Yeah. But, Richie, I was thinking about before I worked for DU, I was involved with the DU TV episode that you filmed with AB at Beaverdam. Yeah. It was the mm-hmm. woman's episode yeah. with uh, Ainsley was a host, and uh, – some really great gals, uh, uh, Christine Thomas, who's been yeah. a long time DU yeah. board member. We had uh, it was Carrie Lingo and Jan Young. They've all been involved yeah, yeah, yeah. heavily, uh, it, and it was a great hunt. But the, it shows you too. You plan that so far in advance mm-hmm. that had been planned for months and months before. There was no way we were going to know that the massive cold front was coming in. Yes. It was going to be their exact perfect conditions out there in Beaver Dam, and we mm-hmm. had ducks all over us yes. for three days. Mm-hmm. That's another thing too that I don't think people realize. They just think, oh well, they just wait till they have a lot of ducks, right? No, no, and no. all this they, is put together now in the spring and summer, and you just get your fingers crossed and praying mm-hmm. that it all comes together. And, and so, you know, folks, if you if you see some really good hunting on DUTV, it's just because the stars aligned and and we were fortunate that it all came together. Yeah. yeah, that goes back to the logistics of everything. You know, you think we have to produce 13 original episodes every every year and we have from September till January sometimes we can extend it with a, a you know late goose season snow goose season um, into February April but you know we have those months to produce content and we I wish you could just sit there with the phone on go but you're talking yeah. about you know five different people like I said meeting at one spot yeah. and uh to do that and not have stuff on top of, you know, one trip on top of another or something like that, it, it's it's difficult. And, yeah, it's it's so much fun when the stars line because it just makes it so much uh, easier. And, um, and, you know, that's what we're shooting for. That's what we want. I know people – I mean, waterfowl footage, just filming birds is, is bread and butter. You know what I mean? Just being able to get in – with them and have a good group of birds uh, around is is that's what makes it happen. That's great, man. That's great. It's uh, it's just, but it's tough, you know. And, tough. and there's some uh, that are duds. I mean, let's face it. There's yeah. some of them that just completely just don't make it. Yeah, they, they yeah. just the birds don't cooperate. I'm, 
Well, I mean, we, um, you know, there's, there's tough hunts, you know, uh, we were filming with Warren Coco down, uh, down in Louisiana this year. Yeah, and this it year. Was, mm-hmm. It was just a tough hunt. It was hot. Uh, we had, you know, just a few birds, but you know, Warren, he's a character, you know, and just, you know, telling his story, as you were mentioning earlier, a guy about telling that story, telling his story, you know, he loved to cook too, but then the work he's done himself there, uh, it, it just speaks volumes of, of him and his character and just, and going back to what you're talking about, the logistics of things, I think the thing, too, is you got to realize of the volunteers and the other people within DU at different locations of what the, the boots on the ground work that they do before we even get there. You know, they're scouting birds. They're going from location yep. to location. Oh, this is what we – it's usually good, but, hey, this is not good this year. But my friend down here, he's got – you know, he said he spotted some bird. You know, so it's – they do, there's a lot of work that, you know, to the extent that we don't even see this behind yeah. the grounds, behind, behind, you know. Yeah, and we can't take credit for any of that, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the thing. We are, we're flying in. We we do our best to, to set ourselves up for success, but, you know, we are, in the end, relying on those volunteers or, or whoever we're going with to do the legwork. And, you know, shout out to those guys because that's, that's what it takes for it to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, us showing up with the cameras is one thing, but... If we don't know where we're going or have birds or um, have that uh, ability to scout and find, you know, it, it's just not going to work. And yeah, it just I, I was, I'd like to say that myself. Shout out to all the volunteers that I've worked with over the years and mm-hmm. you donors and outfitters and yep. everyone who's yep. been a part of mm-hmm. this and made it happen. Without those people on the ground, the show doesn't exist. And the thing about DUTV, too, is it's not just a straight-up hunting show. There's, right. there's a story to tell, mm-hmm. and it's a conservation story. That's what we're all about. So you have to really bring those elements into the show and really create a story around it versus just going out and, and hunting. Yeah. yeah. So and that's really – that's all on them too about really helping y'all create the story and tell it. And it, it it's it's really – it's it's a cool thing when it all comes together. Mm-hmm. Yep. But uh, anyway, so – yeah, we've got some uh, great shows coming up for this fall. I think, you know, for the 25th anniversary season, we had some stars aligned in a lot of cases that it really is going to be very cool. Yes. Yes. Um, and is some some great people and places on, on this coming uh, season. You know, we, we start out in Nebraska and work our way down the flyway. Eventually, I, ended, I think it's the last filming was in Arkansas. Arkansas yeah. with some spec hunting with David Schusler. With David Schusler and uh, the guys from Tetra Hearing. Fundraising director and 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 the guys from Tetra Hearing and Tetra has really become, stepped up and really become a, a good part of the show and I, I'm really looking forward to that because I think it, it it talks about what they do and how, you know, protecting your hearing is a, just a huge deal that most people don't even realize. So that I'm really looking forward to seeing that one as well. Um and so all of this comes out in July, right? Yes. But it, it takes, you know, it's a year-round thing, you know? I mean, you've got mm-hmm. your truncated window of seasons trying to film it all, and you've got to put it all together. Uh, y'all are here at DU headquarters to film Insights segments yes. with Adam Putnam and Karen Walter. You just got back from Wild Rose, you know, filming with Mike Stewart. And it's just people don't realize that it, it, they watch it for, you know, 30 minutes. And like, That's all cool, but, it, man, it's months and months that went into it. It is, yeah. I mean, it's. A, I mean, you think about it; it's pretty much a year-round project. You know, we film from September to, like I said, you know, February, uh, into January, into February, and, um, you know, then from then on, it's it's 
updating any graphics, all that stuff, you know, getting all the show prepped and ready. And then we've got duck dog segments, shooting segments, insight segments um, that we, we have to produce in those next couple months. And then we're really starting to to churn stuff out, getting it ready for network. Because once those due dates hit in, in June and July, you know, they don't stop. And so then it airs, you know, July through September, I think is the last uh, airing correct, yeah. week. And then, you know, then you're right back into early teal season that's, that's and right. into yeah. uh, Canada mm-hmm. uh, opening season. So, so yeah, I mean, it, it takes you a, a year-round project to, to produce one year of uh, one season. Yeah, that's it. Folks think, oh, they just, you know, going out there, hanging out, duck hunting, and, uh, you know, that's it's it. It's a lot but of work. It, it, it's a year-round deal. I mean, it, it you always – I'm always thinking about the show in some way or another, trying to figure out where we're going next. You know, um, it, yeah. it, it's cool. It's very cool. Well, guys, uh, I, I really thank y'all for being here. And like I said, we've got work to do today, you know, with Karen, uh, with insight. So it just, like I said, it's coming back around. And like I said, I'm really looking forward to this 25th anniversary season. I think it's going to be fantastic. Yes. It's a, it's a huge accomplishment, and, uh, and I mean, it's not only 25th anniversary of DUTV, it's, what, 85 years of That's conservation, right. uh, wetlands, and habitat, you know, uh, by Ducks Unlimited. I mean, those two milestones are, are just huge for the organization, and it's a, I mean, we do nothing but kind of shine the light on what you guys do, and it wouldn't have, you know, we wouldn't have a, a story if it wasn't for you guys, so, you know. I applaud you guys and all all the hard work that goes on here at headquarters and across the country to to um, you know further DU's mission. Yeah, it's a you know it's a proud partnership between Moose Media and uh, Mossy Oak to be partners with uh, Ducks Unlimited, uh, and look forward to the future. Yep, yeah, I know it's a, a big passion for Toxie and mm-hmm, and the guys mm-hmm. at Mossy Oak is is you know that partnership and and being a, a strong supporter of um, conservation you know across the board whether it's yep. NWTF or you know whatever else but mm-hmm. uh, a strong supporter of conservation um, is is a huge passion for uh, Toxie and, and the folks there at Mossy Oak so all right man like you said 85 years 1937 the founding of DU and it's really been I think a labor of love for everybody mm-hmm. involved over all the years and like I said we just really appreciate you know what Mossy Oak has done and what y'all have done with moves for the TV show and here's the next 25 years yeah. you know adventures yeah. you know yeah. hopefully there's not any boat sinkings going on <laughs> or anything like no. that but mm-hmm. you know I mean and Richie might flood something out again yeah. we don't know yet but that's all right yeah but, for a while there no one would jump in the boat with me. <laughs> I can imagine I'd yeah. be I'd be frightened as well <laughs> yeah and thanks for everybody listening to the DU podcast once again if you want to see old episodes of the show go to duckshot.org go to the media tab at the top pull it down to is right there and you can go down a, a rabbit hole of of old episodes and watch the thing for hours so anyway folks thanks for listening to the ducks unlimited podcast and supporting ducks unlimited north america's leader in wetlands conservation and as the late great wade Bourne used to say more habitat on the ground means more ducks in the sky i'm john gordon and thanks for listening to the du podcast Thank you for listening to this episode of the DU Podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And visit www.ducks.org slash DU Podcast for resources based on today's topics, as well as access to more episodes. Opinions expressed by guests do not necessarily reflect those of Ducks Unlimited. Until next time, stay tuned to the Ducks. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. 
Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com.